Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to April. Happy April 1st. I was trying to come up with a clever April Fool's joke to, to start off. I did find some interesting things in this day in trivia uh, that we can look into about April 1st. There is interesting, uh, a, a lot of history goes into April Fool's and this day, although I didn't look up the ancient <laughs> connection to Greece or something, I'm sure there is, I didn't go all the way back to find out what's going on, but... I did find this in 1996, April 1st, as part of an April Fool's Day joke. Taco Bell takes out an ad in seven leading newspapers announcing they had purchased the Liberty Bell to reduce the, the country's debt. It had remained, oh, and they had renamed it the Taco Liberty Bell. In response to public concerns, obviously they got a lot of outcry, uh, the White House press secretary, Mike Curry, stated that the federal government was also selling the Lincoln Memorial to the Ford Motor Company and re- renaming it the Lincoln Mercury Memorial. <laughs> that was brilliant. The prank was successful in that it, the ads cost Taco Bell $300,000, but it generated sales exceeding, you ready for this? $1 million. And in the first two days of April with a large amount of free publicity. (laughs) Amazing. Also on this day, not to be outdone, but this was much earlier, 1957 in Europe, the BBC airs an April Fool's news story about the spaghetti harvest in Switzerland. It purported to show spaghetti being harvested from trees and laid out to dry and claimed that the spaghetti trees had been specially bred to produce such uniform length spaghetti strands. After the broadcast, hundreds of people called in to find out how they too could obtain their own spaghetti trees. To make it more authoritative, the voiceover was done by respected broadcaster Richard Dimbley. The idea was a brainchild of Panorama's cameraman Charles Day something who came up with the idea for a hoax after remembering how teachers at his school teased the classmates for being so stupid that if they were told that spaghetti grew on trees they would believe it here's the sad thing so many people believed it what does that tell you about the, the the average intelligence people maybe not that maybe that's the willingness to believe whatever they see that looks authoritative on TV. That's probably the, the better way to put it. People aren't really dumb, but they are trusting. And this is why the media is so incredibly powerful and dangerous. And they know this. And that's why they take advantage of it. All the stuff that's been going on lately with the false narratives all over the place. April 1st, 1945, the Okinawa invasion, one of the bloodiest battles of the war. 82-day-long battle began on Easter Sunday on April Fool's Day, 1945, ending in the Allied victory. It was the largest amphibious assault in the Pacific. 
The Japanese lost 77,000 soldiers while the U.S. lost 14,000. It is estimated that between 42,000 to 152,000 civilians died in the battle out of a population of 300,000. Wow, that's half the people. Wow, severe. Well, I think that covers that. Let's see if we got any um, dad jokes that we can uh, digest this morning. What do you call a zombie who likes to cook stir-fry? Dead man walking. (laughs) Which cat is the least loyal? A cheetah. There you go. All right, I won't, I'd like to do more, but we got to save them. I'll run out of them too quick. So as you can see, if you look on your screen, we are in Deuteronomy 6 and 7 this morning. So find your place, and let's pray and get reading. Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for this new month. Thank you for bringing in the spring weather in many places. Pray for sunny days when it's cold. God, pray for cool days here in Mexico. Thank you. We still have good weather. So we bless you, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6 now. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery." You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God 
to the test. As you tested him in Massa, you should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give your fathers, by driving out all of your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the testimonies of the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. Moreover, the Lord showed great and distressing signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land which he had sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, and for our survival as it is today. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all his commandments before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. Chapter 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to possess it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Pizites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them from before you and you defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You should not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will quickly destroy you. But thus you shall do to them. You shall tear down their altars, and smash their sacred pillars, and hew down their ashram, and burn their graven images with fire. For you are holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession, out of all the people's who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were fewest among the peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. He repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him face to face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. Verse 12. Then it shall come about because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord your God will keep with you his covenant and his loving kindness which he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground. 
your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your herd and your young of your flock in the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There will be no male or female barren among you or among your cattle. The Lord will remove from you all sickness, and he will not put on you any of the harmful diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but he will lay them on all who hate you. You shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will deliver to you. Your eye shall not pity them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. You shall remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet against them until those who are left and hide themselves from you perish. You shall not dread them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you little by little, and you will not be able to put an end to them quickly, for the wild beast would grow too numerous for you. The Lord your God will deliver them before you and will throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will deliver their kings into your hand so that you will make their name perish from under heaven. No man will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed them. The graven images of their gods you are to burn with fire and you shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take for yourselves or you will be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. You should not bring an abomination into your house. And like it, come under the band. You shall surely detest it. And you shall surely abhor it. For it is something banned. Well, we can see so what happened to Achan when he took something that was under the band uh, after the battle of Jericho when he went up to Ai and how that ended up destroying him. So here's the deal where we get in these chapters 6 and 7, 6, the very famous chapter of the great Shema. You know, here is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, this is God's command for Israel. It's his command for us. This is the theme of, of the book of Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God. We read that yesterday. Jesus asked the teacher of the law, you know, when he asked, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what does the law say? And so he quotes the great Shema. That was the, the heart. And of course he adds, love your neighbor as yourself, which was also part of it. So, I mean, not quoted there in chapter 6, but elsewhere. And so here's the, the connection, the Old Testament, the New Testament. God dealt with salvation in the Old Testament in a sense, same way he deals with it in the New in one sense, of course, they, had, they were looking for the hope of the Messiah. They were to love the God, their God with all their heart, all their soul, their mind, and do what the law said, what we read there in Deuteronomy, to love him, to trust him, to follow him, and know that the Messiah was coming and, and believe that he was, he was the God of their salvation, that he was the God over everything, honor him as such. And 
It would go well with them on the earth. It would go well with them in death. So this is the idea. And what's, uh, for us, there's a modeling there, which to me is, is beautiful, of really what the millennium's going to be like. I don't know. I, I probably haven't too, but the, the issue is if you follow me the way I'm telling you to do now, really believe me, you'll never want for anything. It will always rain on your crops. You will always be blessed. You'll always have an increase. You'll have your your new oil. You'll have your new lambs and rams. And your no women would be barren. There would be peace. Uh, you would have no sickness. You would have no injury. You would have... God was just giving them the absolute best of the best, the most incredible blessing and promises that anyone could ever imagine. Follow me, trust me, love me, and you'll never suffer, and you'll always be blessed, always have everything, and be blessed beyond measure. And now the millennium is even better because we're not going to have to go in and fight. I mean, you know, he said here, none of your enemies will win. I'll fight your battles. Well, in the millennium, we're not going to have any battles until the very, very, very end, and we won't be worrying about that. We won't be mortal. But what a phenomenal thing to think about. This is the God we serve. He's unlike any other God. It's, we read that too. Who, who is like this God that delivers? We were reading that yesterday. That brings his people out of slavery, that loves his people enough that he, he dwells with them, that he gives them, that he cares for them. There is no other God. There are the fallen angels. They're one that pose to be God, the ones that want to be worshipped, the ones that want to distract us, the ones that create these idols and use seduction and everything at their means to cause us to fall away from our God. Our God is the God who, who lays his life down for the sheep. He's the good shepherd. Isn't it amazing how everything fits together so beautifully in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus explaining the Old Testament for us and modeling what it was to be that type of person that followed God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might. How God blesses that. The King's Highway now, as we continue on with Charles Spurgeon. The wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein, Isaiah 35, 8. The way of holiness is so straight and plain that the simplest mind cannot go astray if they constantly follow it. The worldly wise have many twists and turns, and yet they make terrible blunders and generally miss their end. Worldly policy is a poor, short-sighted thing, and when men choose it as their road over dark mountains, gracious minds know no better than to do as the Lord bids them. But this keeps them in the king's highway and under royal protection. Let the reader never for a moment attempt to help himself out of a difficulty by a falsehood or by a questionable act. But let him keep in the middle of the high road of truth and integrity. And he will be following the best possible course. In our lives, we must never practice circular sailing, nor dream of shuffling. Be just and fear not. Follow Jesus and heed no evil consequences. If the worst 
of ills could be avoided by wrongdoing. We should, in the very attempt, have fallen into an, an evil worse than the other ills could be. God's way must be the very best way. Follow it, though men think you a fool, and you will be utterly wise. Lord, lead thy servants in a plain path because of their enemies. Wow, that's really powerful in light of what's going on today, in light of how easy it is to have your path smooth in this world if you simply lie a little bit here, cheat a little bit there, don't tell the truth, bribe someone, and and things seem to go well. And he's saying, no, actually, it won't. Stand up. You are part of the king's entourage. Let him be your protection. This is a real big challenge down here in Mexico. And it's uh, always a temptation because the so much is crooked down here and things that go on. I mean, you get stopped by the police and uh, they, you know, they say, well, give me a little bit of money here. Your problem will go away. And way too many Christians are quick to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to panic, panic, panic. Here, here's $200 for a $5 traffic fine because they panic. It's not good. It is a difficult thing. I know. I've <laughs> been there many times. But uh, not too many times, just a few times. But when those things happen, you have to remember who you are. Remember who you serve. And say, I'm going to stand up and be who I am. And proclaim the truth. And I've had the privilege, actually, of being able to tell some of these officers, Sir, you go to church, I imagine you're Catholic, right? Yes. Well, I said, I can't do anything that I would get you in trouble with God. The Bible says it's not right to bribe. And uh, and I care about you. I respect your, your office, your authority. And so I just need the ticket, please. Because yeah, that's way less to me. Getting a ticket, no matter what the price is, much less than, than getting you in trouble with God. So I, usually when you put it in those terms, they're like, they all of a sudden change. You're like... They don't know how to handle that, so they, they uh, let you go. So these these issues of being standing up when uh, we're, we're all fine when until something happens, and um, none of us are immune to falling to the quick and easy solution. I'm certainly not, but I'm saying we need to let the Lord guide us first, pray, and then say, "Lord, is this right?" You know, Charles Persian says, "The quick and easy solution." Not, not going to do you good in the long run, and don't don't take that route. Stand up, be a believer, and uh, some of this applies to some of the pastors up in Canada, saying, you know what, Lord tells me I need to I need to wor- keep these doors open to worship Him, and I mean especially the guys that were outside. You have these pastors that move their whole congregation outside, socially distance them, put on the masks. And they're singing six feet apart from each other, and they still come up and arrest the pastor. And he's going, come on. We're not going to stop worshiping God. We'll do everything we can to accommodate the, the rules, but we're not going to stop worshiping God. Got to respect. I respect those guys. Phenomenal. Okay, well, that'll do it for us. We need to pray for Francisco, who's, who's doing much better. We need to, I got to hear from 
Joe. See, he's out of the hospital. Hopefully, he's up and about, maybe. And uh, Juan Carlos in Mexico City. Karen Skoog. Haven't heard any updates on her, nor on the uh, missionary from India. Uh, if you want to give me any updates on on her, that'd be good. And uh, Celeste as well. So let's um, let's just pray. And, and God knows what's going on with them. God knows exactly what's going on with them. And I believe he's continuing to heal these people that need healing, as well as the political environment that we're dealing with now. So, Father God, thank you for this morning and bring us together. And we see so many difficult things going on in the world right now. On the world stage, for sure, the, um, the ceasefire in Ukraine, we know it's just temporary and brief and we uh, pray that at least it gives people time to get out, gets people time to get food, get medicine, get water in the big cities, and that you would um, possibly use these talks going on now to to bring an end to this, that maybe there could be an agreement. So we certainly want to lift that up for you. And God, keep your your hand on Israel. We know that any opportunity that the enemies the of hell have there will launch attacks and try and destroy israel especially if israel is the one country that has all the natural gas and oil that europe needs that would be the perfect hook in the jaw for russia to come down on them so we we don't know father if this war has is the beginning of all of the events that was going to happen in ezekiel but there's a potential so we certainly pray for your hand upon israel there Thank you for their steadfastness and and their love, their generosity, their helping, all that they do to help those that are in need. Father, also we want to um, this time think about those that are recovering and having discomfort and pain. Pray that Francisco is now feeling much better, that uh, the medicines worked and that he's not in pain, that he can get up today maybe, walk around. Uh, thank you. He's uh, wanting to get up. Thank you that he wants to go home. Just means he's he's not delirious per se that he can think. And we thank you that you took that tumor out. And thank you for the healing going on in his body. Also for Pastor Joe Busarias. Thank you for that healing that you did there. And we pray that he is able, Father, to be able to start uh, getting out of bed and uh, moving around a little bit. Pray that that. Uh, that whole event with his health is now past, God, and that he can move on and start focusing on his ministry with his wife. So thank you for them. And uh, we pray for it. Karen Skoog is pressing on and getting all of the treatment she needs and is feeling better and doesn't have those days. I'm understanding if you're in treatment, you can have really, really bad days just feeling horrible. So we pray that she feels good. We pray that she's um, having really good days and uh, the treatments are effective. And uh, Celeste, as far as she goes with her treatments, she's used to this, Father. She's a warrior, but we know that uh, she needs encouragement. We pray you use her husband, use the family, use the people around them in their ministry to hold her hands up as she's fighting yet again against this. what's warring in her body. So thank you for that. And uh, and for the uh, missionary from India, God, lift her up that she be um, being healed and being feeling good. And, and uh, pray for Tanya, too, that she, her neck is con- continually healing or that she has the ability to have mobility without pain, sleep without pain. Father, I know it's like to try and sleep without pain. I pray you just help us 
be able to get good night's sleep so we can heal, Father. Our bodies need that time. So thank you for that, and uh, thank you for the many people that are that have been healed, that are continually to rejoice because of your healing touch. We never want to forget all that you have done for us and are continuing to do in us. So we praise you, God. We thank you, and uh, we give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name. Okay, we will see you again tomorrow, same time. And I have to check when our clock is changing here. It's going to be soon. Sorry, I haven't found that date, but I'll let you know so that we'll be back on a more normal time prior to the your change anyway. We'll be back uh, on track. So God bless you guys. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.